Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Okay, this is another interview with Michael Zuber interviewing me for his show, and your show is called One Rental at a Time, right? Correct, correct. Okay. Good stuff. It's all yours. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. As promised, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jason Hartman back for episode number two. How you doing, sir? Hey, good, Michael. Good to see you. Hey, I've been looking forward to this. You, uh, you always put out your predictions. I'm very curious what you see going on in 2022. I think it's going to be a very messy year. Uh, but I would love to get your insights because you have your pulse on what's going on a lot more than I do. So uh, where do you see this uh, economy, real estate going? Well, these are strange times indeed. And, you know, predictions are a, a dangerous business. <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> so so that's my disclaimer uh, that, uh, you know, predictions uh, may not come true. <laughs> yeah, your crystal ball is as broken as mine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I'll take a shot at it. You know, actually, over the last 18 years that I've been uh, publishing and podcasting and, you know, all this kind of stuff and, and doing uh, conferences and so forth, my predictions have been pretty good. I, I must give myself a pat on the back there. Uh, the things I have been, the one thing that I have been fabulously wrong about, I mean, I'll just, you know, I'll even, uh, I'll even give you some sound effects. I have been so wrong about interest rates. Uh. <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> I'm a terrible that. predictor of interest rates. And, but you know, if we, lived in a world where we had a natural interest rate where the rate was not manipulated yeah. uh, by the powers that be the governments the central banks then i probably would have been right uh but you just you know there are so many distortions that go on when you have a central bank a centrally planned economy and you can't rely on market forces to predict what's going to happen next unfortunately yeah. Yeah, no, this is going to be very good. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts around the various things about real estate. And the biggest thing that's going on in the real estate market, my channel, Investors, Homeowners, is, is inventory. We closed December with 920,000 single family uh, available, I believe. But uh, I'm curious what you are, what you're seeing out there. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's lower than that. Oh, uh, well, at least according to the chart, I'm going to show you. Okay. So I, I did a predictions talk recently um, at, a, at a conference in Houston. There were about 800 people there. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, you know, th these are these are some of the visual aids I used. If you're only listening and not seeing this, uh, then I'll explain it to you. But I, I had the founder of Altos Research on my show recently. Mm. And, um, you know, they came out with a chart that shows that we're starting the new year with some of the lowest inventory ever. Wow. Now, the other thing to th remember, when you hear people and see people talking about these kinds of numbers, is that they almost never, I, I mean like 99% of the time, they do not do it right because mm -hmm. they never compare it to the population, right? right? And so to say that, well, you know, we had higher or lower inventory in 1980, but we had a much lower population then, 
right? So you, you got to look at things on a per capita basis, right? On the size of the overall market, right? Mm -hmm. And remember, when it comes to population, another huge mistake all these people make is that they talk about, well, the population has increased a lot in the last 10 years. Well, so what? Those mm -hmm. people aren't home buyers. They're only, they're at the most, they're 10 years old. You've got to always do a lag of yeah. about 20, seven to 30 years mm -hmm. now it keeps getting longer because right. millennials never buy a house they just live at home with their parents right uh so uh, you know that that number keeps getting longer but suffice it to say you've got to you've got to do a lag on that population growth okay yeah. the population growth that happened 30 years ago matters to the home buying market today yes i know it matters a little bit in terms of family size and children and people want a bigger house but that's not significant like another housing another household being created that's mm. a huge difference from yeah. having another kid. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. And but this this chart is uh, screaming why I can't find a, a deal on the market. Yeah, look, look Ab you're absolutely right. That's a good way to put it. So look, you know, most experts will tell you that to have an equilibrium, a homeostasis, uh, a balanced market, you need about 1.2 to 1.5 million single-family homes for sale at any given time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that would naturally be absorbed at, a, at a, a normal rate. And that would be a quote unquote normal market. Right. Right now, we have less than 300,000 homes for sale. Wow. So just think about the significance of this. It would be like this next image. It would be like going to the grocery store and seeing only 20% of the shelves stocked. 80% of the store, empty shelves. Just picture that for a moment. That's the housing market we're in right now, okay? Well, so, it's, it's even slightly worse than that. Sorry, Jason, because yeah. when you have those, call it 300,000 homes, those are at any price points. You and I both know oh, that- I'm so glad you said that, yes. <laughs> yeah, first-time home buyers are particularly struggling, yeah. right? Whatever that price point is in your area, Yeah. Right. My, my price point, my market, I think I've had eight listings available for the last couple of months and it should be more like 80. Right. Um, yep. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Is. This the next thing I was going to say was that this is particularly acute mm -hmm. in the entry level housing market because builders have not built mm -hmm. entry level homes in any number whatsoever since about 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Like that's the last time we were really building in any real way entry-level housing in this country because the regulations for building just become more and more onerous all the time. Mm -hmm. And the cost of construction becomes higher and higher and the profit margin becomes thinner and thinner. So builders naturally, you know, if you, if you can build a, a $200,000 house or build a $700,000 house, and make much more profit on that $700,000 house, what are you going to do? Obviously, you're going to build the more expensive house because yeah. the margin is much larger for you and the market is there to buy it. Oh, yeah, so it's no problem. So entry level housing is virtually non-existent in this country and it is really, really uh, scary. And that's the other huge mistake. All of these pundits, these sound bites that you hear mm -hmm. in the media, they never talk about. In fact, there's this one guy on YouTube, you probably know who I'm talking about. His name starts with N, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, I'm gonna get him on my show soon and I'm gonna grill the guy because he keeps talking about a housing crash and he keeps saying everybody's wrong. There's really not an inventory shortage, blah, blah, blah. But he just makes these leaps in logic that drive me crazy in his videos. Yes. I mean, his stuff is good. I like the guy, 
but you know he's making some pretty big leaps there folks and i i gotta i gotta grill him about that on my show uh because um i i just think i just think he's those big leaps that he's yeah he's missing are are really misleading yeah but they make yeah. for good headlines and good oh, clickbait no no he's clearly growing with a message that works and if you go back yeah anyways yeah i i, I don't yeah it's, you know yeah. who I'm talking about. I do know okay. who you're talking about, yeah. Anyway, here's another thing. So in terms of equity, let's look mm. at this. So last year, the average American homeowner gained almost $60,000 worth of equity on their house, okay? Now, to have a crash, there are a few ingredients you must have. Number one, you must have low housing affordability. Mm -hmm. Historically, it's still pretty high, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, number two, you must have very high housing inventory, okay? Meaning at least 1.5 million homes, probably a lot more. Probably more, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. And you must have people who have no skin in the game. Exactly. Which means they have no equity in their house. Now, granted, some of this equity could evaporate in a recession. There's no sure. question about that. But to have a recession, you need to have those other ingredients, right? So it's a it's a catch 22, if you will, chicken and egg problem. And so uh, the, and, and also you have to have had loans, mortgages on homes that are very poorly underwritten. We do not have that. 40% of the homes in America are free and clear. Yeah, I know. It's There's amazing. no mortgage whatsoever on 40% of the homes. The other 60% gained. This is not their total equity. This is just what they gained last year, $57,000 on average. Look, state by state, next chart. Oh, well, sorry, uh, next chart after this one. But overall, that's a 31% increase. That's $3.2 trillion in new housing wealth, wealth wow. effect that was created. And state by state, that's how much equity everybody gained. Woo, look at California. Yeah, 119,000. But what's interesting about that, compared to where I live, I used to live in California, uh, mm -hmm. but now I'm in Florida, mm -hmm. 64,000 in, in Florida, right? So in relation to the price of housing, correct, yeah. as a proportion, the people in Florida actually gained more equity than mm -hmm. the Californians did. Interesting. Oh, yeah. It's price points for sure. This, again, is why one rental at a time works. And oh, by the way, if one house went up 56,000, how many did two, three, or four go up? Yeah, good point. Yeah, good good point. point. The other thing I want to go back to builders just real quick, because the other thing that I saw over the last 24 months that really wasn't something I had Maybe it happened, I didn't know about, but builders are increasingly building for rent, right? They're yes. building 150 unit housing, not, not apartments, but houses, renting them out and then selling them off. There's, you know, they've done that a couple of times. And that just takes capacity that maybe would build homes for owners off the market. And yep. oh, by the way, it's more profitable and it's easier. Yep. Why, wouldn't, why wouldn't builders do more and more of that? And the answer yep. is they will. You're, you're absolutely right. And you've got to imagine, you know, there's all there's always this talk of, you know, what is the smart money doing? Right. And so if you think that the home builders have more information than you do, you'd probably be right. OK. <laughs> uh, and the big companies like BlackRock that, you know, are in bed with the governments and the central banks around the world have more information than you do. You're probably right. And look at what they're doing. They are so bullish on rental housing. Okay. They're they're not hanging out, worried, waiting for a crash. You know, they they have more information. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so 
yeah, there you go. But let me just share a couple other things with you. Please. Uh, the, these are kind of funny, tongue in cheek, <laughs> right? Uh, here's our Federal Reserve Chair, uh, Ben Bernanke, <laughs> right? Remember, and in yeah. 2008, he was quoted as saying, the Federal Reserve is not forecast, not currently forecasting a recession. 2008, he says this, right? Mm -hmm. Right, okay. So, so uh, look at this one. This is Janet Yellen, 2017. As she was Federal Reserve Chair, I don't believe we'll see another financial crisis in her lifetime. <laughs> okay, but the next one is the best. This is Jerome Powell. It's very, <laughs> very unlikely the U.S. will see 1970s-style inflation. Jerome Powell says, June 22nd of 2021. Wow. Hey, Jerome, guess what? We're already there. Yeah. Car yeah. prices, gas prices are up 58%. Rental cars are up 37%. Used cars are up 31%. Hotels, 26%. Steak, 25%. Utilities, 25%. Bacon, 21%. I mean, it's all over the place, right? You know, 70s style inflation is already here. If we measured in this, the consumer price index, the CPI is a complete fraud. And um, basically what they do is they manipulate it in three major ways, weighting, substitution, and hedonic indexing. Mm -hmm. And as they manipulate the consumer price index, um, we are being lied to about the real rate of inflation, which I say is currently around 15%. Wow. One, five percent. Now, the other thing that's fascinating about this is the government will tell us inflation is about 7%, okay? Mm -hmm. This, for the first time, this is a big deal, what I'm about to say. You ready for this one? I am. Everybody listening, unless you are old enough, which is, you got to be pretty old. It's older than either of us talking, okay? It, unless you are fairly old, this has never before happened in your lifetime, uh -oh. what I'm about to say. And I think you know what I'm going to say. The, the, this is the first time ever in almost everybody's life who's alive now that the official inflation rate is higher than the 30-year fixed rate mortgage rate. And it's dramatically higher, about yeah. double, okay? Almost. So now the real inflation rate, of course, is about double the official rate, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so what does that mean? That means we literally have published official negative interest rates. Exactly. Yes, I've been it's saying It's not a that. theory anymore. Oh, absolutely. It's official. Yeah. And so so uh, basically here. they they are saying go out and stock up on these three decade long fixed rate mortgages as much as you can. And let me just say one more thing about that. Mm -hmm. I think long term this is going to lead to something very very toxic. Okay? And what that is is a a much more pronounced housing shortage that shouldn't have had to happen because what is going to happen, and this is my prediction, is that as rates go up as they inevitably will and must, mm -hmm. people who have all these three decade long fixed rate mortgages that the last payment doesn't need to be made until 2052. Mm -hmm. Just think about that for a minute, 2052. Yeah. What will the world be like in 2052, we'll probably have a city on Mars, okay? We will have all sorts of space stations orbiting the Earth, bases, full-time bases on the moon with people that live there full-time and do mining and all kinds of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, things are gonna change quite dramatically, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so people are going to hoard 
these cheap mortgages. Absolutely. Since you are forced to sell the mortgage when you sell the house, they they are not going to want to sell the house. No, I agree. And that's going to constrain inventory even further. So just think about the housing shortage of the future. The tens of millions of people who have either purchased or refinanced their homes in the last couple of years cannot duplicate those cheap mortgages as mm -hmm. we go into the future. They already can't duplicate them today. There's no, yep. there's no cheating and bargaining on the cost of money. The right. cost is the cost. You're not going to get a deal. Okay. The mortgage rate is the mortgage rate. You're not going to get a lower rate. Okay. There's no way to do it. Mm -hmm. And so they are going to hoard these houses. They are going to beg, borrow and steal to keep their houses. Mm -hmm. They are going to take on roommates if they have to, uh, instead of moving, they are going to do improvements. So the home improvement business, I think is going to be a good business going forward. Yeah. I think home Depot and Lowe's, their stock prices are going to reflect that and they're going to do pretty well. And, uh, you know, I already predicted that for the pandemic and that came true already. Mm -hmm. And so people are going to improve their houses. They're going to remodel. They're going to add a room. They're going to stay. They're going to add a second story. They're going to turn them into rentals. Mm -hmm. They're going to take on roommates if they have to. They're going to do whatever they can to keep those houses Great. with those cheap mortgages. Yeah. And that is going to make the housing shortage even worse going into the future. Yeah. Very dysfunctional. They've pl planted a seed. They have planted a 30 year seed in the housing market that mm -hmm. is going to it's going to really hurt housing affordability for a long time to come and housing stock. And it's going to it's going to push the homeownership rate down and make America a renter nation. Well, that it's also going to affect transactions. There's an entire industry that's built around transactions. True. Right? Move a buyer and all of that. Yeah. People are right. You're, I don't know. You buy an entry the title industry, today. the mortgage industry, the real estate industry. Yeah. yeah. Just, oh, not, yeah, of course. Yeah. Big. Transactions are going to be falling um, in these predictions. And if you have a chart, great. Otherwise, we can just you can just give me your estimates or best guesses. Do you, what do you think housing appreciation is when we look back at the end of 2022? Is it is it up or down 10 percent? Well, uh, no, it's not either one. Here okay. it is. I'll put it on the screen. I oh, do have that. This I is my prediction for whatever awesome. it's worth. Oh, so over 12, over 10. Sorry. No, over I, I think we're going to see about 12 percent appreciation this year. Now, understand if you follow my work, if you follow my podcast or my YouTube channel or any of my stuff, mm -hmm. um, you know that I divide I, I, you can't talk about the U.S. as one whole market. It's right. very difficult to do that. Um, there are about 400 MSAs in the U.S. metropolitan statistical areas. There are over 3,100 counties and over 9,000 cities. Correct. Yeah. So all real estate is local, but you can divide all real estate markets into three basic kinds, mm. linear markets, cyclical markets, and hybrid markets. Okay. Those act very differently. And um, so... Los Angeles, where I grew up, for example, that's a cyclical market, ups and downs, ups and downs, crazy. Right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, some of the markets we help investors buy properties in, because we help investors buy properties nationwide, mm -hmm. are like Memphis, Indianapolis. Uh, all, we're doing tons of business in Florida right now in a whole bunch of Florida markets. Uh, North Carolina, you know, these kind of markets are much more linear. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking at a chart, they just kind of chug along yeah. and they appreciate slow and steady and uh, they're much more reliable. So understand three types of markets, okay? Very, very cool. Um, and, about, and here's my, you wanna know my rent prediction? Please, yes, I was gonna ask. Here it is. 
Oh, 8%. Yeah. Okay. I think rents are going to go up 8% this year. That means, think wow. about that. That means that if someone is renting a $2,000 a month place right now, that rent is going to be 2160 Wow. Okay. Very yeah. significant. Now, a lot of you might be saying, well, Jason, you know, how is anybody going to be able to afford a house? It's simple answer. They're simply going to move down and get, take a lesser house. Mm. They have to adjust their expectations. You know, it would be like this, you know, look, uh, if anybody has ever either done this themselves or know someone who did it or has thought about doing it, right? Say, for example, you live in, um, I don't know, Tampa, Florida, okay? okay? And you're thinking, well, I wanna go live in New York City, okay? Mm -hmm. If you go, if you move from Tampa, Florida, you might well live in a three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, suburban house with a yard. If you move to New York City, you're gonna live in a little tiny closet. Exactly. Okay, yeah. that's the same thing that happens. S simply what has to give, Michael, is, quality of life. Mm -hmm. People are going to be forced to live in smaller houses with inferior finishes, in inferior neighborhoods, in school districts that aren't as good, uh, locations that aren't as good. The life, the standard of living is what takes the hit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the, the other option obviously being is you could just partner up roommates, brothers, sisters. Well, that's share. a standard of living too, no, because who wants it a roommate is. when you don't have to have one, right? No, You'd rather I, have your own place. You know, no, absolutely. Yeah, a standard, like just, just another option. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess the last question I'd love to know your thoughts on is what do you, do you think, it, whether it's CPI or the more natural rate of 15, do you think inflation breaks this year or are we still talking north of 5% CPI or north of 10%? Well, with all the manipulation, you know, who knows what the official rate's going to be, but I'd say that the unofficial rate of inflation is going to be 10% this year. So I think it's going to tame a little bit. So it's peaked and, and, and rolls over a little. Yeah, it's going to tame a little, but it's still going to be very high. I mean, when do you think the last, it was, was it really the early 80s the last time we saw this it was like 82? Yeah, the, the highest inflation on the official numbers we had, you know, in our lifetime at least. Mm -hmm. Well, we had some really high inflation in the 40s actually, uh, that was higher than the 70s. But okay. in, the, in the 70s to eight, early 80s, 13.5% was the highest year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to our first conversation, I don't have very many good thoughts on inflation as well. I think it's still going to be a problem because how, how did Paul Volcker break it? He took the very short-term rate above inflation by several points. Right. Yeah. We, we're not talking one or 2% or even three on the short end. You've got to take it to, you know, whatever, eight, nine, 10. No one has the guts to do that today. Not going to happen. Yeah. Not, it's just not going to happen. So I agree. Jason, thank you very much for this. If somebody on my channel wanted to follow you like I do, where do you want to send them? Yeah, so uh, I'm on YouTube uh, until until deplatformed, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm uh, my podcast. Uh, my main podcast is called the Creating Wealth Show. You can find it wherever you get podcasts, and my website is jasonhartman.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-H-A-R-T-M-A-N.com. Do yourself a favor and follow him. He's one guy I followed for economic information that I understand that I just got to piece it together. He's the man been doing it a long time. Jason, thank you very much for giving the audience some time. Thank you, Michael. Keep up the good work and happy investing to you and your uh, audience.